everybody. Welcome to another episode of Alicia Shanice Reviews. I am your host, it's your girl Shanice, coming back at you with another podcast. We are on episode 268, and today's topic is Power Book 4 Force, Season 2, Episode 3, Episode 203, titled War and Ice Cream. The description reads, Tommy and Diamond expand their business to prisons. The feds put together a task force to take down CBI, and Gennard struggles to maintain control. Tommy faces off with Walter and gets closer to avenging Liliana's death. So y'all already know how we do. We about to get into it. We about to break it down. And we about to dissect it like we do over here on this platform. If you need to get in touch with me for any recap requests, my Facebook is Alicia Shanice. Instagram, Alicia Shanice Reviews. Email Alicia Shanice Reviews 13 at gmail.com. You can hit me up for any recap requests with that being a TV show, movie, or docuseries, or music album. Or if you have any business or brands or music that you want me to shout out free of charge, I love whom loves me and love to spread love back. So on that note, let's get into the show and let's talk Power Book Four Force. Hey y'all, it's your girl Shanice and I'm just coming in to check in with y'all to remind y'all to protect y'all energy as I always say. Life is at, you know, we have very different stresses at all time high. Why not go ahead and take you guys a nice vacation at a reasonable price with a trusted travel agent, you know? And that could be a solo trip, a trip with your boo thing, a family trip, a girl's trip, a guy's trip, whatever. Just let me let y'all know this right now. Visit T Booked It. T B B O O K E D I T. Follow them on Instagram on Instagram. Or you can send them an email at tbbookedit at gmail.com. The world is a beautiful place. Let them go ahead and help you discover it. Go ahead and release those stress vibes and go ahead and enjoy your vacation. At TB Booked It, they got all the reasonable deals. And just let them know, your girl Shanice, she sent you there. I want that money and power. 
diamonds keep blinking, blinking. We might have to change that. Now, boy, when the blinky, blinky come out, you get clapped fast. Throw down with a little jaw. I'm actually like that and that. Come back when the cameras out on your block and kick that. Come back when you feel the more in progress and miss that. Hit your back, the fact that bitches won't even hit back. You'll be splashing and fashion. Nigga, you can take the drip, catch you slip and we slide. The niggas on some different shit. We hit the licks, we let the shit. When you get hit, quiet down. No need for the talk, what the fuck is that about? Tell me when that test on. Out of the door, I stepped on. We don't get the rest gone. Please, nigga, what else you want from me? Power, power, respect. I want that money in the power. All right, y'all. I am thoroughly enjoying this season. I know it's only been three episodes, but I have to say, you know, we have to give it another chance because, I mean, of course, season one was fire too. But with season one, we were getting an introduction of the Chicago scene and meeting a whole new gang of characters. We only knew Tommy and we really didn't even know Liliana like that. So, you know, now by season two, it's more established and we know who we kind of rocking with. We kind of know the characters' personalities, and um, I have to say, it's, it's I like it because this spinoff on this version is more, re it's realistic to me, because we see consequences, we see our, the characters doing shit, and it, we having realistic uh, consequences. Uh, out of all the spinoffs from the original Power, to me, Raising Canaan is the most realistic, and then I would have to say this because I'm I'm loving it. You know, Raising Canaan captures that whole early 90s era and they capture it very well. And this uh, spinoff is capturing, you know, what's going on today and it's accurate. Um, of course, you know, stuff is dramatized out, but it's just I, I really, really like it. And I love that they show consequences. Um BMF is a little different because it's loosely based on a true story, so I wouldn't even add it into this category, even though it's a power, power, part of the power universe. I would have to say that because Tariq's story, Power Book 2, that seems to be a fan favorite out of all the spinoffs, but we see the characters there, they get away with whatever they want. There's hardly ever any consequences, and if it is, it's, you know, soft and everything is back to normal in the next episode. So I would say, you know, I'm really digging this. So it opens up and we see Tommy going to Diamond about the uh, shooting and, you know, the little girl being uh, murdered. And Diamond tells him that, you know, he warned him about, you know, a war will break out if he killed Chewie. And, <clears throat> you know, it's not New York. It's Chicago. It's a different part of politics you see more gang culture is more um gang affiliation so it's not the new york streets like tommy is used to and diamond keeps trying to tell him it's a different type of politics to it but tommy is tommy um so tommy goes to check Jannard next and um before he goes diamond lets him know like you know try not to have this escalate matters even worse because they don't need that not only that Diamond is on parole. So it cuts to the next scene after Diamond checks Jannard. And Jannard don't really flinch, but Tommy can see, like, dude, you ain't even really got control of your, your own crew no more. And Jannard is not really scared of Tommy, but he know he ain't really nobody to mess with. But I, I don't know. 
Gennard is a little bit more likable to me. He's messing up and he's all over the place, but I enjoy seeing that, you know, in season one, he was just like, oh, I can't stand this dude, but he's a good antagonist character, but I'm enjoying his character more in season two because we're seeing more of him unraveling and him losing self-control. And I just enjoy, you know, watching. I think the actor is doing an amazing job. So um, cuts to the next scene and we get a little sex scene going on. We see Diamond, he getting it on with his uh, OCO and she agrees to help him, you know, from the inside for a price, of course. And, you know, let him know, like, you know, this ain't just no digmatization, you know what I'm saying? The dick is good, but we gonna, I need my money if I'm gonna be doing this. I need to run them coins. At first she went all dramatic, but it was all just a joke. And she like, uh, you know, yeah. I know my way around. You ain't even got, I got it, you know, just for a price. So we see they about to get the prisons going. So uh, <clears throat> we see uh, the citizens of the city holding a rally for Letitia's um, death. And they're just sick of the crime in Chicago, which is a lot like today. It's a lot of crime, a lot of murder there. And um, they, uh, the police are there and they announced that they are doing a joint task force. We got a young boy. He's speaking up. He is doing a magnificent speech and he's only 13, 14. And he is just, he gives a very powerful speech. You know, they are tired of seeing deaths and it's always the innocent people that always ends up getting involved with this and getting hurt for something they had nothing to do with. So, you know, we really see the people in Chicago, they're, they're just tired of it. And Jannar shows up and he's looking for Lil K. And asking around, but the homies don't tell them anything because um, they just don't feel like Lil K did anything wrong. And of course, the little girl got hurt, they feel, but, you know, they feel like Tommy shouldn't even be running anything in their city. So when uh, Janai, <laughs> when he checked dude looking for Lil K, the dude barely even flinched. So we see definitely by Janai not giving her approval to cut Tommy's water off, they lost respect for him. And he is losing their, he's losing their self-respect. So in the next scene, we see JP. He's trying to make uh, D-Mac uh, <coughs> do chores and be a father to him. This is a 16-year-old kid. And he's been living on the streets. He's been in the streets. So, of course, it's not going to come easy. It's going to be a challenge. And they start to have a conversation about, you know, JP leaving his family back in the day. And D-Mac is like, you know, you, you the adult. How the hell I find you before you found me? So <clears throat> before they can even finish having that conversation, Tommy, you know, rushes in the house. He has a gun for JP to stay strapped just in case anybody come around there for some get back knowing that's his family. And he like, you know, any anybody been through here, if you see anything funny, you know, here's here. You know, so he had him the piece. And D-Mac is pissed because he didn't get to hold a gun. And this this whole D-Mac situation is interesting to me because he's a kid. But I wouldn't compare D-Mac to Tariq. He's been living on the street, doing all kind of shit, killing, robbing, and whatever else at 16. And now he's living with his dad. They're now getting reacquainted. He never knew him. They had no type of relationship prior. He doesn't know Tommy like that. He's just been shot and he was there recovering. But this little boy been in the street. So this is going to take some adjusting. This is definitely going to take some adjusting. And it's unrealistic to think that this 16-year-old is just going to 
just sit there and do chores and just go to school when he's been living this type of lifestyle. This is an adjustment, especially when he see his family is still involved in crime because JP, he does little stuff for Tommy too. And then Tommy, he don't hide it. So of course he's going to be intrigued as a 16 year old. So for them to think he's just about to be like, um, you know, leave it to Beaver, it's just not going to happen. It's not realistic. So I think we're going to see a lot out of DMAC. And don't forget Empower Book 2 on how Tariq and Brayden left. I wouldn't be surprised before this season ends if we see a pop-up from Tariq and Brayden who needs some help. That's just my theory, but I don't know. So <clears throat> we see the task force um, they put together. And, you know, Stacy is talking to them, letting them know how everything is about to run. And uh, <clears throat> her husband comes in. And this has caused a lot of havoc between their relationship because he, she did specifically what he did not want her to do, and that's get between him and his boss, because um, he's a lieutenant as well. And we also learned that it's an agenda behind her big movement and wanting to do this task force. She wants to become a mayor one day. So, you know, everybody always has their own agenda, but I could say her husband to me so far, I know we only in episode three. Uh, Detective DeFranco, he looks like he's a little bit of official. You know, it seems like he's really authentic. Um, I, I don't see any shadiness in him yet, but that could change. But he seems like he all right. I thought Stacy was going to be all right, but we see she got a driven agenda. She wants to be mayor. And, you know, bringing down the drug lord in her city and stopping crime, that will definitely help her there. So <clears throat> we go into the next scene, and Tommy continues to text Maria for um a driving lesson because you know she don't know how to drive and i'm hope i'm pronouncing her name right i don't know if it's mariah or maria but i figure it out next episode because i'm sure we're going to see them hot and spicing it up because by the text messages towards the end we see a nice little love story coming between them so he ends up calling big smurf to uh, look out after janar because he sent him after the shooter and they want to know who it was because they don't know officially that it was LaKay yet. So as he's doing all this, texting Maria, Mariah, calling Big Smurf to follow Jannar, Kay comes in as she has been going to AA and she is really trying. And we have to say, Kay is really trying. So she tries to make amends with Tommy. She goes to pull out a notebook of, you know, her apology. And we think is she about to give this dear Tommy letter but instead it just says tommy i know i wasn't the best mother sorry <laughs> but you know to be to be fair that's real good for kate come on now if we go back and watch the original power we're seeing a very cleaned up kate here and i'm just hoping that we don't lose her by the end of the season because everybody knows in these type of shows when people go trying to change their life for the better that's when something bad happens so you know, Tommy gets all upset, like, sorry, sorry. And he gets the naming off a list of things that she did wrong. And, you know, he has a whole list and he only made it up to age six. He didn't even go to the teenage years, hardly. So we know Kate wasn't the best mom, but we already knew that. And we see um, he brings up that ice cream that she was supposed to take him to get, but instead she got high with the money. He never got the ice cream, and he was still really hurt about that. And you could tell it really affected Kate 
because now she's sober and she's realizing like, damn, I was a shitty mother. And I, I really enjoyed Kate's acting in this episode. Uh, she did an amazing job. We've seen a more vulnerable Kate that we have never seen before. We always seen the high Kate, you know, the funny one-liners, but we've seen a more vulnerable side of this actress. So I say she did an amazing job. So we go into the next scene and it's at the barbershop and we see Diamond's probation officer he ain't playing around. He doing pop-up uh, drug tests. <laughs> he just popping up, making sure everything's okay. He even coming in there to get haircuts, peeping out everything, the company that's around there, making sure everything is honest work. And to be honest, that was another scene I really appreciated. I appreciated this scene because it's more realistic and it's not just making it seem like everybody is above the law or everybody in law enforcement can be bought or is dirty. So I enjoy seeing more of the political background with them talking about Stacey trying to be the mayor. I enjoy seeing the police actually trying and not doing dirty, doing dirty tactics like we've seen in original power, even though eventually we probably will see that, but I'm enjoying the slow movement of that. And I'm enjoying seeing uh, Diamond's proba probation officer being like genuinely like no i'm not playing no games with you i'm gonna make sure you want to up and up or you're going back to jail so i'm enjoying seeing that and he's actually impressed with diamond shop and even suggests that he start giving free haircuts to the community now it gets awkward for a moment when smurf comes upstairs he got the bag in his hand you could just tell that smurf was up to no good but the old head in the barbershop, he played that shit off good, making it seem like he hired him just to be the janitor. So they played that off good, but the P.O. was still looking. Like, I'm going to make sure this dude just sweeping flows. <laughs> so um, we see in the next scene that Claudia has changed the dialysis codes for her father and tied up the Flynn's money. So uh, old man Flynn is pissed off. And Vic, he continues to try to destroy old man Flynn from the inside. Um, you know, of course, he's trying to. We're going to see where that go because I think Vic is just over his head with his father. I think <laughs> I think both of his kids are over their head when they try to take down their father. But we will see. We'll see. So, Jannard goes to see Shanti about Lil' Kay. And Shanti really cares for Jannard. She tries to let him know, like, listen... I, I'm with you, but you have to look at their side too. And Jannard goes in his Jannard mode and he like, you know, fuck you and all this stuff. So she gives in. She, she feeling she feeling Jannard. She got feelings for him. But these type of relationships always kill the business because we see Shanti is very savvy, very business savvy. You know, she got her um, boxing gym going. She hustling and she, she got her bread up right. But I'm hoping Jannard don't be her downfall because she know he ain't handling everything right, but she doing stuff that she normally wouldn't do. So I'm hoping that she can, you know, be all right. Now, we see uh, she ends up telling Jannard where Lil' K at. He over his grandma house. Now, old man Flynn, he keeps his word and does his payoff. And they agree to drop the dirty pills on the south side. Now, old man Flynn and his homeboy agree. It's okay letting the monkeys die in their words. And I was just like, really, motherfucker? Really? So, so we just monkeys, huh? Oh, okay. But <laughs> uh, when they made that comment, that catches Vic's attention. Because, you know, Vic don't feel like that. 
and he like what y'all say but then he got to hurry up and play it off because he you know he working dirty from the inside he want to bring his dad down because he blamed him for gloria you know vic loved him some gloria child so we see um they put their plan in motion and then we go into the next scene where miguel calls diamond and tommy to come watch him torture one of his workers um i didn't really understand this scene because i'm like why why are you bringing him them over here unless this was supposed to be like how mecca did to uh kane when he killed chef in front of kane and he knew that chef didn't set him up or rob him it was kane and he just trying to prove a point but i don't know ever since um miguel met with uh the real plug oche who was really running things miguel just don't seem too scary to me um but we'll see he, 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 you know what I'm saying? I mean, he do torture motherfuckers, but I don't know. That just, that intimidating character, I just don't really see it in Miguel anymore. I be wanting to see more of LJ. So, or even a grandmama, you know? <laughs> Shit, that grandmama, she was a beast. So, um, we see the, um, the operation up and going smoothly on the inside in the prisons, which is bad news for Rojas. And, you know, they had a little slick love thing going on with the popcorn and all that, getting the back, you know, getting the, going to the bathroom. We see the CL really got that plan working in motion. But like I said, it's bad news for Rojas, Rojas. And shout out to J-Mo, J-Mo Reviews, who plays the Rojas character. I enjoy seeing him on the screen. Uh, Tommy ends up meeting up with old man Flynn and they go back and forth. And old man Flynn pretty much solidifies that it was Claudia without even saying it. <laughs> and I in love, I do love that um, when they put Tommy and old man Flynn against each other and they have their little square off, it's really good, uh, really good entertainment. Uh, they play really good off each other. Old man Flynn is an asshole in this series, but the actor does a brilliant job. So uh, he's an asshole and he races and everything else, but I enjoy him his character because he he's just it's realistic he wanted them old school irish mob men it just that's you know he planned it to the core um but he old school and his kids feel no way about the business like he does and he's very old school just look at how he looks at claudia so after they go back and forth um old man flynn also robs claudia and takes away her money he breaks into her safe he takes their credit cards away i mean listen he took everything away and i didn't feel sorry for her one bit because y'all know i don't like her because she killed liliana and she killed doc so we see rojas um he sees diamond's operation uh moving into prison and it's slowing up his and he gets all his product from the syrup so he is pissed he already hates diamond because diamond is the reason he's in the wheelchair so he's pissed and he like we about to put an end to this but it cuts to the next scene and we see claudia she goes to check old man flynn and he basically tells her fuck you hell he even threatens to take her security away and paulie tries to de-escalate the situation but old man flynn did not back down because he's old school and he's not bowing down to not only his daughter but he's not bowing down to any woman so he like, you know what? You keep messing with me, girl. I'm going to take the security away, too. <laughs> so um, we see uh, Detective uh, DeFranco goes to see Lil' K's grandma. 
and to see if she's seen Lil' K. And, you know, she ain't buying it. She already let him know, uh-uh, I ain't stupid. Don't come around here. But DeFranco kind of knows how to handle these situations. So he just kind of slips or something. And he's like, look, I'm just, just need to talk to him. And we see his peeping ass peeping from the window, Lil' K. So um, we go into the next scene. And like I said before, Kate is trying. <laughs> She's making D-Mac cake. <laughs> and she tries to make amends with JP. It go, it starts to go okay, but it opens up that awkward conversation. And we've seen a similarity between, you know, her conversation with JP as JP had with D-Mac. Why did you leave me? And, you know, she was, Kate was only 14. It was like, damn. And, she, you know, of course, she goes, it wasn't because you were black. Because he asked that question. She's like, I'm a fucking ally. <laughs> but um, we see that, you know, it was a lot going on, you know, and the times was different. So, you know, he ends up walking off upset. And that makes Kate feel worse because she's really trying. And this is her time. This is her first time actually looking at things clear because she's finally sober for the moment. So she tried to make amends with both of her sons. And she's just really realizing, like, damn, it was a really shitty mother. And Kate just found out she had a grandson. And that is when a lot of people will change their lives around. They'll realize how terrible of a mother they was. But when they have a grandchild, they look at it like their second chance. So we see that, you know, she's trying with the Mac. So Jannard goes to kill Le Kay. And as he's running his mouth, he running his mouth. He could have been Pop Lecay, but he running his goddamn mouth for 40 minutes. He got the time for Grandma to bake some cookies and come out there. <laughs> Grandma come out the same today. She got jokes. She got cookies. She's calling Jannard's ear cauliflower. <laughs> and she let him know. This was one tough grandma. And that's how grandmas be. Okay, nothing to say you like grandma's prayers, okay? And grandma let you take out my grandson. Gotta take out me too. And Jannard, I like the way how he handled it. He just smiled, took a cookie. He was like, all right, all right, y'all got that. But as he's doing that, uh, we got Big Smurf, he watching everything. So now they know Lil' K was a shooter. And that's another thing to kill me. You know, people who try to live this lifestyle, they might go missing in action when the money is good and everything is fun. But every time they get in trouble, they take their ass back around their family who are just civilians. It has nothing to do with anything and put their life in danger. And that's just be some selfish shit to me. So um, we see uh, Lil' K got his ass with his grandma and he putting her in harm's way by having all these people come around looking for him. So we see Kate. Uh, this was a very emotional scene for Kate. I really, really enjoyed it because we've never seen this side of her before in this in this whole entire series. Not this power, not the original. She's in AA. She goes and talks in front of the group, and we really understand more of why she was the way she was. And you know, I really appreciated that scene with her in AA. <clears throat> <clears throat> Now we see that Vic continues to take old man Flynn uh, down from the inside. When they got people out there doing drops with the pills, he uh, ends up calling the cops to get them, um, you know, taken in and get them busted. And he also saving them dirty pills for getting off on the south side. So shout out to Vic. And even when they end up meeting up, and the, uh, he, the guy, the guy's boss come in, they're like one of my runners got, you know, jammed up. We 
we don't have it right now. We're going to have to split something. Vic hurry up and kills him. <laughs> and that pisses old man Flynn off because I'm sure that's going to cause even more trouble because that was somebody that Vic shouldn't have killed. The Flynn's are barely, you know, they just got out of trouble with having to pay that big debt off. So they're already going to be an ox. It's not about to be a Flynn operation soon. And Walter's children are unhinged for his lifestyle and what he has going on. It's the wrong time to bring them in. So we see um, Tommy and Claudia meet up for a very intense scene. I enjoyed this scene. Um, he should have just shot her. <laughs> but when he told her, like, I'm going to get you, I'm going to get you. And when I do, I promise you, you won't see it coming. And we seen Claudia shaking in her boots like Claudia was scared. I enjoyed that scene. Now, go back, going back into the prison system, the plan with Rojas goes into effect. The, um, Diamond sends a lawyer there, but the plans fall through ex how they accept they expected it to be. They didn't think that Rojas was just going to be like, oh, yeah, all right, I ain't copper from the Serbs no more. You know what I'm saying? I got, I'm going to do, you know, do it for Diamond. We knew that wasn't going to fly. But um, he goes back and uh, uh, <clears throat> Diamond, his little boo thing, <laughs> she come back there. And she uh, plants some drugs on him. And basically now he ain't got no choice but to start hustling for diamonds. So I'm pretty sure that that's going to bring even more drama. Now that Rojas got to do that. And Rojas got a crew. Remember, his crew was the one who fucked up Jannar's ear at the, uh, season one. So he got a crew. So we'll see how that plays out. Or he might end up being insubordinate, getting chopped off. We'll see. But shout out to J-Mo. Doing an amazing job playing that Rojas character. So after that, we see Diamond. He takes his PO's advice, and he ends up giving out free haircuts to the community. And one of those boys who hair he cut was the, um, you know, little Leon, the one who was at the rally giving that uh, powerful speech at his young age. And, you know, as uh, Diamond is talking to him, he walks off. We see he ends up getting rolled up, rolled up on by some punks. They end up trying to beat him up because of his stop the violence speech. And Diamond comes out to save the day. And takes him under his wing. I think he's probably going to give him some little hands lessons. Like, look, you got to take up for yourself, bro. <laughs> you can't just be a punching bag. And we see Detective DeFranco comes to talk to uh, Wendell, a.k.a. LeKay, about rolling over on Tommy. And lets him know that they know that he shot that little girl. And <clears throat> he, he LeKay tried to play hard. But DeFranco told him, like, listen, you're going to be dead by tomorrow. DeFranco warned his ass. So we see the Serbs roll up on Jannard, and Jannard can't win for nothing. Hell, at this part, I'm feeling bad for Jannard. And if y'all go back and listen to my season one recaps, if y'all wasn't listening in, I never liked Jannard. But Jannard, he can't catch a break so bad. I'm feeling bad for Jannard. So <laughs> he had the money for Murkovich, and they just stole his goddamn car. So Jannard, Jannard just can't catch a break. And this causes him to have to call Lil' K. Lil' K, he looking at Jannard, getting high off his own supply. Jannard looking weaker and weaker in front of Lil' K, making Lil' K feel so bad and tough to where he can just talk shit to Jannard and gets his ass strangled. And, and DeFranco told him. You will not be alive tomorrow. 
you're going to be dead by tomorrow. And DeFranco's words were right because <laughs> Jannar can't catch a break. He getting high. He looking weak. Ain't nobody got respect for him. And look, he got what he deserved because he killed the innocent child. I'm sorry. So Jannar, don't stop there, baby. He said, fuck the cocaina and want to cop a bag of hair on. So we're going to pray for Jannar. Now we see D-Mac, him and JP, they finally make amends themselves and have that real conversation about why JP left. Um, and they hug it out, they talk, and D-Mac seems to like understand a little bit more. And he also grabs that gun that Tommy left for JP. So we're going to see where that go. And by the trailer, it looked like something, not something good. Now, um, Tommy goes back home. We see Kate sleeping on the couch. And he is just so heartfelt when he opens up the freezer. And he see he really got the Kate because she went and bought the ice cream that she was supposed to get when he was a kid. And that, that just shows you that she really is trying, you know. Um, so he about to tear that ice cream up. But then he get a call, and then him and uh, him and Diamond go back to Miguel um, for double the product. And you know, Miguel like, hold on, hold on, this is what y'all asked for last time. Y'all just left. How the hell y'all getting rid of all this shit this quick? What y'all doing? So they let him in on a prison thing, but he tells them, nah, not today. But he lets them know he'll think about it. But he gonna start to you know, get more suspicious of them moving so much product and then him getting hit like that where he probably going to figure it out. And when he figure it out, uh, Tommy going to already been and got with his sister. But uh, Miguel don't really trust Tommy like the rest of them in the city. So we see um, Diamond keeps getting some phone call and it doesn't, it just shows unknown. So I'm wondering who is calling Diamond so much. I don't, First, I'm like, maybe it's Jannard, but now he would have had Jannard's number saved. Then I didn't know if it was Adrian, but he had her number saved. So somebody suspicious keeps calling Jannard, uh, Diamond. They keep calling Diamond, and he's ignoring the call. So uh, we see uh, <laughs> Tommy. He texting uh, Maria, and he didn't text the wrong shit. Like, you want to ride me tomorrow? But actually, he meant to say ride Whitby. So that was a little comical right there, his goofy self. He texts the wrong message, and then she lets him know that, yeah, you know, she'll meet up with him tomorrow at 10. So I'm pretty sure we'll see more of them next episode together. And it ends with DeFranco finding little Kay's body. And he told him, I mean, he, he prophesied that, like, you going to be dead by tomorrow if you don't work with me. So that's the end of the Kay's story. And in the end, we see Jannard going to the corners to get some of that hair on and the sleeper that i'm going to play is dedicated to janard <laughs> but this was a very solid episode so please don't go anywhere uh thank you for listening i hope you enjoyed my recap don't go anywhere because i'm about to play the trailer for next week and then i have a sleeper for you guys that's dedicated to janard by the way <laughs> but uh i'm about to play my sleeper in my joe button style shout out to the pop father joey so here is the trailer for next week snitches here in Chicago, because in New York, we bury them. I want eyes on him. Audio and video of everything. The things are on the way out. Everybody knows it except you. No one boards a sinking ship. You wasted my talents, huh? If I even hear that you out on them corners, I might have to kill you myself. 
missed you, Uncle Tommy. We gonna deep dive that D Mac character, cause I don't, uh, I don't know. Like I said, it's unrealistic to think he just was gonna go sit down and just be this class A student. But we see it heating up, so I can't wait for episode four. Um, here is my sleeper, and this is dedicated to Jannard because the way he went and grabbed that hair on and looked like he was in love, I had to play this song for Jannard's character. She loves me now. A face baby. I ain't around it, won't take detached for your head, cold sweat, watch some shit. I'm not that genie in a bottle, I'm in a bag. Chase one hit. I slot off to the land of each man. When we first met, I thought you never doubt me. Now you tryna leave me. You never live without me. Girl, I'm missing you. Come and see me soon. Tie your arm up. Put that lighter under that spoon. Now put that needle to your arm, princess. Stick it in, relapse. Back bitch, don't ever try that again. All the shit I did for you, I made you feel good. We have a love thing. You're treating this like it's just a flame. What we have is more sacred than a vow or a ring. You broke my heart, you dirty bitch. I'm gonna forget what you did. If you get birth, I'll already be in love with your kids. Listen, I don't give a damn if your ass starts smoking. But we have a bond that is not to be broken. I love them. Girl, you trying to leave me, but you need me. Can you see? You're addicted to me. You got a love thing. I can take you high, nigga. Don't fuck up with me. You can be all you can be. You got a love thing. Girl, you trying to leave me, but you need me. Can you see? You're addicted to me. You got a love thing. I can take you high, nigga. Don't fuck up with me. You can be all you can be. Baby, you know. I want to love you, sister, man. I am me. I'm good looking, so you know. So she be trying me. Her, she bisexual. She fuck with that girl, but boy, oh boy, fucking with me is a whole nother world. After the first night, she fall in love and chase the feeling. I hung out with Marvin when he wrote Sexual Healing. Kurt Cobain, we were good friends, I see Osborne too. I be with Rockstar, see you lucky, I'm fucking with you. I chill with Frankie Lyman and Jimi Hendrix crew. See, this is new to you, but to me, this ain't new. I live the lavish life, listen if the mood is right. Me, you, and your sister could do the do tonight. I never stayed wrong, I'm hyper, I make you calm. I'll be your acceptable reason for you to move forward. Let's make a date. Promise me you'll come and see me. Even if it means you'll have to sell your mama's TV. I love you, love me back. No one said love it, me be easy. We got a love thing. Girl, you try to leave me, but you need me. Can you see? You're addicted to me. We got a love thing. I can take you higher, girl. Fuck up with me. You can be all you can be. We got a love thing. Girl, you try to leave me, but you need me. Can you see? You're addicted to me. We got a love thing. I can take you higher, girl. Fuck up with me. You can be all you can be. I got you barefooted on glass, chasing a dove. That monkey on your back symbolizes my love. Your friends talk bad about me, bitch. You sit there and listen to over and over, you hurt me. My love is unconditional. They talk to you when you up, you down. They got nothing to say, but when you call, I come running. I always take the pain away. They set you up to let you down. They crowd you, crown queen. They know about me behind your back. They call you a fucking fake. We just be alone. So I can kiss and hug you, kiss me inside you. No other man can love you like I do. Call me daddy. I make you feel good. I mean, real good. I find pleasure and pleasing you like a real man. Surely it was written long before, so it was carved in a tree. Forever me and you, baby. Meant to be. This morning, like the laughter, what brought us together was fate. When we'll be hand in hand when you walk through those pearly gates. 
in the seat of that. I'ma do whatever it takes. You got a love thing? Girl, you tried to leave me, but you need me. Can you see? You're addicted to me. You got a love thing? I can take you hide it, girl. Fuck up with me. You can be all you can be. You got a love thing? Girl, you tried to leave me, but you need me. Can you see? You're addicted to me. You got a love thing? I can take you hide it, girl. Fuck up with me. You can be all you can be. That's that classic fifth right there. I have to play that for Janar because in the, in the song, Fifth is talking about how uh, she addicted to heroin and he's the drug heroin. And by, I don't know, Janar was the way how Janar looked like he fell in love as soon as he touched that heroin. I'm like, I don't know where Janar going. <laughs> Ain't looking too good for Janar, but. Like I said, I'm got sympathy for Janar this season, but to me, this season starting off solid. I'm uh, listen, this go is getting up there. Y'all know how I am raising Kane in number one, but you know, ladies, like, it's sliding up to number two. Um, I hope you guys have a beautiful week. Remember that you guys can always um, inbox, DM, or email me if you have any recap requests, with that being a TV show, movie, docuseries, uh, music album, or if you just want me to shout out anything you're working on, I would love to do that. Also, um, if you listen to the podcast on Spotify, can you please hit the follow button? That helps your girl out in tremendous ways. And check out my music playlist. All you got to type in is Shanice Loves. Click on that picture profile. And um, it takes you to the rest of the playlist. And I got every genre because you girl got some long range music ears. And, you know, listen, I thank you guys for your support. This was episode 268. So I like, listen, I love you guys. Uh, just be safe out there. Protect your energy. Stay away from anybody who is enemy to your energy and know that the sky is the limit. You can do anything you put your mind to. Like You got this. You, you got it. Claim it and go for what you want. Um, I'll be back on with uh, Power Book for Force Episode 4, The Weekend, and then we're going to do another episode from the 90s. So on that note, it's your girl Shanice, and I'm out. Hope you enjoyed the show with your girl Shanice.